Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, March. What is today? March the 3rd. Wherever you are, I hope you are well. And uh, I just hope you know of your great, uh, of of God's great love for you and God's nearness to you uh, today. Uh, Let's read the gospel today. Um, uh, Yesterday we read from Isaiah, and that was such a a beautiful reading. Today we're going to skip to Matthew, Matthew 20. So this would have been getting close to the uh, time of the passion for uh, Jesus in Matthew's gospel. Uh, We're a bit later. He is on the road to Jerusalem, so we'll read Matthew 20, verse 17 to 28. Let's break open God's word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves and said to them on the way, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage, wishing to ask him for something. He said to her, What do you wish? Jesus, or she, excuse me, she answered him, Command that these two sons of mine sit, one at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the chalice that I am going to drink? They said to him, We can. He replied, My chalice you will indeed drink, but to sit at my right and at my left, that is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just so. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's set the scene, my friends, uh, as uh, we, as Jesus is approaching Jerusalem. So it's interesting, in my mind anyway, I often see Jesus traveling around just with his 12 apostles. And I think a a reading like this disputes that. And and the first few lines um, talk about that. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, so he's walking probably from, you know, let's say Galilee in the north. And so he's going to Jerusalem. They say up because Jerusalem's on top of the hill. It's in the hill country, so they go up to that even though they're walking south. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside by themselves, which implies there are many more people that are walking with him 
there's a larger crowd that's going with him. Clearly, uh, the mother of the sons of Zebedee, so Zebedee's wife, just shows up. She isn't just by the side of the road waiting for him to pass. Clearly, she's part of this larger group. And so there were, and we, we know in other places that there were women that traveled with him that provided a, as a means of support, Mary Magdalene, uh, Joanna, uh, and others. Uh, that we know provided support for Jesus in his ministry. And again, behind-the-scenes people that are so wonderful. Um, so anyway, he's traveling in this large group. He takes these disciples, the, the apostles, the 12, aside and tells them what's going to happen. And he forecasts exactly what's going to happen, that he will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes. They will condemn him to death, hand him over to the Gentiles, of course, another word for the Romans, uh, and mocked and scourged and crucified. And, and so he's just kind of telling them, foreshadowing, this is not the first time that he's told them. We heard in the Transfiguration story this last weekend where he told them, he told them right away in Matthew 16, after uh, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, he, he mentions that as well. And, and then Peter uh, tries to talk him out of it. So this is at a minimum the second time. I don't remember in Matthew if the transfiguration took place before or after this. I think it's after, but don't quote me on that. Uh, so it's a, at a minimum the second time he's told them about the passion. But anyway, two points I want to make, and, and that was all for, not well, <laughs> it was all introduction. Let's use that prelude. <laughs> um, then the mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus, okay? So she approaches Jesus with her sons. The sons are in on the, on the, the gambit. They know what's going on here. They've been talking among themselves, and I don't know whether this is mom's idea, the son's idea, but she comes up. And here's the interesting part. She does him homage, not period, end of sentence. She did him ama, comma, wishing to ask him for something. Now, I don't know if this is what the author intended, but here's how I read that when I was praying over it this morning, is the mother of the sons of Zebedee, we'll just call her Zebedee's wife, we don't know her name, um, she comes up and does him homage, wishing to ask him something. And, and it almost makes me wonder, was she doing him homage in order to gain favor, to curry favor with him? Uh, in order that he would give her what she wants. And I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility to ask that question because I think I've done that. And I think you've probably done that too, haven't we? When we have that image of God that, okay, I need to placate God, and if I placate him, maybe I'll get what I want. And it's, it's that idea, again, we don't die to whatever it is that we want uh, and, and open ourselves to the will of God. There's still part of that part of us that's like, no, I don't want to die to this one. But I'm going to give God homage and, and I'll give him praise and worship in order that maybe he'll give me this one thing. And, uh, and, and in a sense, we ask the tail to wag the dog when we do that. When we're like, okay, I'll give God this, because I think he wants this in order that I may get that. And we treat God in a quid pro quo way. Um, my friends, and again, I'm not saying we do that often. I'm not saying we've done that for a while. I don't know. 
But I think it is something for us to ponder and say, do we treat God? You know, we, we can look at this from a distance and say, ah, this woman, whatever her name be, Zebedee's wife, how silly, you know, that she would do that. But, but I wonder if there's some of us in there. I think there is. I think there is. And, and I think it's okay for us to ponder with that and to watch what our intentions are when we come before God. What is behind those? Uh, are, are some of our own ulterior motives behind some of the reasonings or the prayers or the, the times we, we present ourselves at Mass or whatever it is? And in order pu- to purify ourselves, how can we set those aside? The other point I want to make is this one, and I think it's the larger point, and it's certainly, I think, the larger point of Matthew and Jesus in the gospel here, which is, so Zebedee's uh, mom requests, Zebedee's mom, Zebedee's wife requests that her sons, James and John, uh, be seated, uh, command that these two sons of mine sit, one at your right and the other to your left, in the kingdom. Jesus says, rightly, by the way, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the chalice? Well, we can. He says, okay, you're going to. Because he sees, I think, into their heart and knows their, their faith and their, uh, their determination. Um, but to sit on my right and my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. So it's not the Father's to give, it's somebody else's. And, and in this case... I think it's Pilate's to give because the ones who are going to be at his right and his left are those on the cross when he comes into his kingdom, when he comes into his glory. Uh, if you think I'm wrong on this, and, and maybe I am, but if you think I am, uh, John's book, he calls it the, the book of glory. The, John's gospel is, is divided up into the, the book of signs at the, the beginning. And then when we, we hit the, the Last Supper, it's called the book of glory. Why? Because that glory is seen on the cross. And, uh, and so when he comes into his kingdom and when he comes into his glory, the one in his right and his left, that's for Pilate to decide. It's not for him. But it foreshadows what will happen to them. But here's the real point. That was just kind of a, an aside. Um, what they're asking for is, is not all that different, I think, than what we're going to ask or have asked for on occasion in our life. But <laughs> then we, we get here at the, at the bottom when, okay, I've lost my place here, sorry. <laughs> there it is, when the 10 heard this. So when James and John's uh, you know, companions, the other 10 apostles heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers. Why? Why would they become indignant? I think because, brothers and sisters, that's exactly what they want too. What is it James and John are asking for? They're asking for status. They're asking for power. They're asking for privilege. They're asking <clears throat> to be in that place, not just by nearness of Jesus. I don't, I don't think that's what's driving it. I think they're asking for, look at us and look at our place. And, and how near we are to the quote-unquote power, capital P. I, I think the other ten are upset and frustrated because that's what they want. Make no mistake about it, brothers and sisters. 
when Jesus talks about the world, that we can't be succumbed by the, the ways of the world, I think this is, is what he's talking about, is that attitude of greatness in the ways of the world comes by those who hold power. Greatness in the ways of the world comes with those who hold wealth. Greatness in the eyes of the world come, comes with those who have uh, wise words to say. And if you don't have power or wealth or wisdom uh, beyond our, our abilities, uh, you, you are not great. And, and my friends, uh, you know, that's one of those temptations that Jesus faced in the desert, uh, the one where um, Satan invites him, throw yourself off the, the, the parapet of the temple and the angels will catch you and that not even a, a hair in your head will be, will be destroyed. And uh, he's inviting him to say, look at all this things you can do. You can use this power, all this that you can do, these abilities, they can all be about you. You'll be, in, in the words of Andrew Lloyd Webber, Jesus Christ's superstar. You'll be a superstar. And, and brothers and sisters, when we succumb in our lives, and we do, we have, and we will again, when we succumb to wanting to be the center of all that, we're James and John. We're, we're thinking through the ways of the world. And what Jesus says is, Brothers and sisters, if you need power to think you're okay, what's going on within you that you feel you're not okay right now and you need power to show that? If you need wealth to think you're okay, if you need wisdom, wise words, and people to ogle what you're saying to think you're okay, what's going on underneath that you don't know you're okay? That you need to strive to be by me on my right and my left to think you're okay? Brothers and sisters, can we know we're okay now? And what Jesus points to is, again, those are the ways of seeing greatness in the world. The ways my kingdom sees greatness is by how well you serve. If we didn't get it in John chapter 13 when he takes off his outer garments and washes the feet, take it here in Matthew chapter 20 where he says, listen, those who serve, they are called the greatest in the kingdom of God. When you serve your spouse well, my friends, and, and, and you serve your family well, and you serve uh, those people um, uh, to whom you work, and, and you serve your, your, your friends, well, whatever it is, when you serve in your life well, you are living the greatness of the kingdom of God. And I think that's the, the, the balance before us, and I'll end with this. I think that's the balance before us, is do we need power and wealth and privilege and, and, and whatever it is, um, celebrity? Do we need to be known to think we're okay? If so, can I invite you to look deeper and say, what's going on within you that you feel you need that to be okay? Because Jesus says very clearly to you and I today, do you know what we need to be great? We need to be the servant. The servant of those in our lives, in our world. And, uh, and to put ourselves at their service 
and honor them and indeed take that lowest place um, because that's what greatness looks like in the kingdom. Uh, let's pray. Let's bring our intentions before this loving God of ours and trust that he will uh, uh, take them exactly uh, and, and do with them exactly what needs to be done. So trusting in our God, let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third sorrowful mystery, the crowning of thorns. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, thanks for uh, breaking open God's word with me today. May your day be blessed, and I look forward to us joining back together again tomorrow.